Ladies and gentlemen. Pacific Sound Radio. Hello and welcome to Pacific Sound Radio, your go-to source for everything happening in the Vancouver music scene. I'm James Olson, and on this week's episode of Quarantine Edition, we are joined by Sean Lee, vocalist and guitarist for the Psychic Alliance. For more than a decade, the psychedelic rock unit The Psychic Alliance have thrilled patrons of the Vancouver music scene with their punk rock energy, delightfully offbeat songwriting, and theatrical live performances. Over the course of four studio albums and one, shall we say, unique Christmas album, the band has stood apart from many of their contemporaries as a phantasmagorically fun musical act that takes their music seriously while not taking themselves too seriously. So, hey, Sean, how's it going? Fantastic. Couldn't be better. Um, living the best best, best life humanly possible right now in, in this post-apocalyptic nightmare. I think, don't, doesn't it have to be post-apocalyptic in terms of, like, getting through this first? I think we're, like, currently apocalyptic. Are we pre-apocalyptic? Is it, or is it just apocalyptic right now? I think I think we, we got over the pre-apocalyptic. Yeah, we're yeah. just apocalyptic. We, right? we lost yeah. all the toilet paper. There's no more toilet yeah. paper. Yeah. I literally wipe my bun with uh, butter. Yeah. <laughs> it, there's all sorts of things. Squirrels, pets. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, my cat's been getting hit pretty hard, actually. Yeah. 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 So we haven't had Psychic Alliance on Pacific Sound Radio before, uh, though I have wanted to have you folks on the show for a while because I love your music. I'm, I'm touched. I'm touched to hear that. I have a whole question about this but i had a excellent opportunity to see you folks perform a couple years ago at the fox cabaret and i was Mm -hmm. i was absolutely floored by that performance and i'll get into all those details a little (laughs) later but uh how did the psychic alliance assemble uh it was kind of a kind of a funny thing actually so i way way back when i lived in calgary uh, i i played in another band called the great speckled fritillary and we had somehow managed to someone had given us free recording time at a at a local studio called the beach and uh we were we were about to go in and then um the band got in a huge fight the night before the recording session and broke up uh and the next morning i was like well i have this and it wasn't like they they, i called them up and i was like can we reschedule and they were like yeah no it's a one-time thing man like that's that's that like you know you could come in with your acoustic guitar maybe and like you know do a few songs and it's just like oh jesus so uh, i actually just called up literally every musician that i knew it was like hey do you want to start a band today (laughs) like and the people that answered were the psychic alliance and we went in i that morning wrote a song um (laughs) and was just like two two chords like okay we read a few songs that like will be very easy for people to learn got the band together the so when we we made the recording which was our sort of that this was the first time we ever got together to practice or record or do anything and i was just like had this name the psychic alliance kicking around in my head because there used to be this late night infomercial that would come on on like 
Canadian television called Jojo Savard's Psychic Alliance. And she was this weird kind of like Barbie doll, frou-frou uh, television psychic from Quebec. And I just thought the Psychic Alliance sounded kind of like very like shadowy and menacing, which is funny because if you ever look up Jojo Savard's Psychic Alliance, it's anything but menacing. But uh, yeah, so that had been kicking around in my head. So it's just like the name of the band is Psychic Alliance. Here's the song. And we got th like three takes to record as the band learn learn the music and then uh at the end of the recording session we had like a little i don't know four song demo or whatever and then the band just stuck together and yeah that was it and has that demo seen the light of day because i i did have a question related to that in regards to reptile world which was released recently which i understand includes some of the earliest music the band put together but there was some Super yeah, huge that entail that I can, was involved in that. Yeah, I can I can clear up a lot of that stuff. So some of the first demo has seen the light of day. I think there's two tracks up there on our on our band camp. If you go look, it'll just say Psychic Alliance first recording session. And I think yeah, there's a there's a version of the Hair Adjuster off of uh, our second record, and then there's a version of the Psychic Detective off of our first LP. Uh, radically sort of different, and like literally, it's the band learning the song as the, these people at the beach are recording us. It was completely messed up. They made us they set us up in this weird hallway like this long narrow hallway all five members of the band and the drummer in a completely different room where we couldn't see him we we're all just wearing headphones and the hallway was painted like you were underwater so it was like standing in this long like everyone like very tight together like couldn't move your instruments at all and like trying to communicate what the chord changes were in the parts of the songs to the other members of the band who had never heard the song before and were learning it while they were doing recording. And they were like, okay, guys, you know, like half an hour, like you got to get this recording. So yeah, it was absolutely surreal. Like our poor drummer in another room, having never played with any of us before, just trying to like kind of like follow along to what was going on. So it's a little rough around the edges, but it's kind of an interesting document. But um, yeah, so that's out. And then with the with the reptile world thing, what happened was um, back in Calgary, sort of maybe about a year after we'd uh, sort of been together, we had uh, we were like, okay, we, we need to actually record something real on our on our own. But we were all, I mean, I, I sometimes feel like we're the brokest band, like in in Western <laughs> Canada. Like, there, I don't think there's ever been a time that everyone in the band has had a job. <laughs> um, yeah, just it, it kind of a very ramshackle crew of people who just are always sort of failing in, in, in some form or another. But um, so my, my uh, our guitar player, Mark, who had just joined the band sort of a couple of weeks before, he had, um, you know, an audio set up with, with uh, Pro Tools or whatever in his garage. We started recording in there. But then sort of right around the same time, so there's, there's sort of the, a, a very key figure in early Psychic Alliance was a... Uh, our keyboard player slash drummer slash guitar player, a guy by the name of Devin, who is sort of a very prickly, mercurial uh, guy. And um, like I said, you know, when we talk about no members of the band at, at any given time can all have like rent at this, or, you know, like pay, pay their bills at the same time. So he was living kind of rent free at our place. And eventually I was like, hey, bud, like you have to pay your rent or you have to like, you know, like I can't, can't, can't constantly be helping you out here. And then uh, he sort of flipped out and his kind of revenge for being asked to pay rent was to like 
not show up for any of the sessions so it was just us trying to like record like different different people in the band trying to figure out how to play drums <laughs> it, yeah just 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 a nightmare so uh so that was reptile world um and then it he literally got sabotaged so you know y- years later when we were kind of finishing up our our fifth album the one that just came out last week we were we were sort of recording at uh, felix fung's place in uh, new westminster um, that's the guy Felix Fung did like the pretties 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 yeah, yeah. Chassettes, mm-hmm. yeah like um, girlfriends and boyfriends tons of, yeah, yeah tons of great little uh, Vancouver uh, garage rock records yeah totally yeah. yeah shout out to Felix a real interesting impresario kind of like crazy mercurial temperamental guy sort of like myself but like we always yeah. got along real fun but I, we did three records I want to say with him um but yeah, anyway, so we were recording there, and at the same time, I was like, well, you know, guys, like, we might not get, like, I, I knew I was moving back to Calgary, and I was like, we might not get to record live in the same room again, like, unless, you know, like, I, I you know, fly back and stuff like that. So I was like, let's, it's always kind of bothered me that we never recorded the, or finished this EP, Reptile World. We still had some beds sitting around. I was like, let's just record these, like, stupid, stupid-ass songs that we wrote when we were, like, seven years younger or whatever um and then in the process of recording you know we 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 had a few like beds and old recordings kicking around and started building on those and then the process of that wound up writing an entire album that's a question that that was something that i noticed was the chronology of the band at least at the very least in terms of the recordings is kind of all over the place in a in a fun way yeah well i think we've had now i think at last count 18 members um, so yeah, I think we've had five drummers in total. We've had four bass players, two guitarists, and then uh, various auxiliary members, saxophone players, singers all throughout different times. So it's 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 hard even for me to keep track of who's on what and and what different phase of uh, of the band was was this or that. And are all the songs based off your songwriting, or is it a band effort? Um, I am the I'd say I write about 95% of the stuff. Um, our guitar player, Mark, wrote uh, a tune off of the new album and then a tune on Reptile World. And then uh, some of this, uh, Devin Dunbar, who he's no longer in the band, hasn't been in the band for a while, but like a lot of the, the stuff that was written in the initial sessions that wound up sort of getting recorded on this album was sort of co-written by him. But uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say I'm the main sort of creative force in the band. Cool, cool, cool. In regards to the roving cast of individuals who have performed in the Psychic Alliance, has it just been happenstance that people have come and gone? Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, it's it's sort of, I mean, the it's been sort of entertaining. Uh, I guess if I had to make a sort of a comparison with kind of how people come and go from the band, it would be sort of along the lines of something like the Brian Jonestown massacre, where it always seems to be kind of like uh, an explosive chaotic kind of turnover that happens sort of every, every once in a while. And it usually results in kind of a very different band lineup, but yeah, it seems like, I mean, I, I don't think I've ever sought anyone out to, to join the band or anything like that from sort of, you know the get go. The initial phone call was literally randomly made to every uh, musician that I knew, and just happened so that all the musicians that you need to form an actual band were the people that called me back. But um, yeah, pe- it seems like people will. No one's ever been like 
fired from the band, it's always been kind of like a really weird, random sort of circumstance. And then immediately some person kind of drops off the face of the earth, like, and then a new person just sort of shows up or new people. Yes, it's it's always been a, a very weirdly organic kind of process. And the band is, I don't think we've ever really had a, a hiatus due to like missing a member like yeah I, I feel like we've never canceled a gig in the entire time we've been a band which is a good thing it's mm-hmm. funny that you brought up the brian jonestown massacre because i was just gonna say i hope you're not you've never been the antoine in that situation no I, I've no i like to think i'm a i'm a much nicer guy than antoine yeah for listeners who aren't familiar with the band i actually do have like a, a documentary recommendation the documentary dig about the Dandy Warhols and the Brian Jonestown Massacre and their divergent career paths. And just the sheer insanity when it came to the Brian Jonestown and how, like, yeah. every every gig on that tour, you swear they had to, like, ha- pick a fight with either each other or someone in the audience. Yeah, well, I, I mean... I would I wouldn't I wouldn't consider us an antagonistic band, but that's we we have had sort of that comparison leveled at us, not so much because we do stuff like get in big fights on stage, but we definitely have a habit for weird, chaotic things often happen uh, at alliance shows. And yeah, there's been some some fairly insane gigs over the years. Speaking of which, the one opportunity, hopefully not the last one, but the one opportunity that I've had to see the Psychic Alliance so far was really memorable for me. This was back in 2017, and this was the album release show for Evil Against Evil, your (laughs) third record, at the Fox Cabaret. I remember a spooky procession with with a chorus, a Greek chorus, as it were, along with what I would describe as alien ghost puppets being used yeah, throughout the show. Giant, giant puppets. Yeah. And I remember you also throwing your guitar off the stage and, and the crowd parting like the red sea. They didn't catch the guitar. And I, I was, I was shocked. Cause well, this, so I have a bat. I, I, I have a, I guess you, you might call it maybe, maybe it's like a mental disability or a, or a disconnect in that. Like, technology and me like well I'm, I'm i'm fairly severely dyslexic so my frustration threshold with like complex moving parts or technology or instruments is really really low which has resulted in something like 17 smashed guitars over the the history of the band because if my guitar does not work i go into this like just insane panic mode and the, the only thing that i can think of is that like guitar must die so <laughs> so the, the the antecedent leading up to this uh this this uh album release gig for this this stupid goddamn album evil against evil which is literally someone actually cursed it like i, I have a letter sent by an ex-band member that was like hi we're like we're we're uh we're putting together uh, a, a curse on your band um, that will that will ruin your life and like stuff like that. You you can't write this stuff and like sent me like human hair and like weird stuff in this envelope and then like and I, I was like I'm not a because I, I know like the superstition is if you believe in the curse then that makes the curse work. So I was like, well, I don't believe in I don't believe in this curse. And then like man, like the stuff that happened during the making of this album was was just nuts. 
and I mean, I think by the time we actually released that thing, like it was, it, it, it had probably been like maybe three years or two years since we recorded it and everything bad that can happen with the recording of an album, everything that could go wrong went wrong. So by the time we got to, you know, the stage to playing, like, like I think our, our drummer had quit the band like three days before. So we had a new guy that we were training up and, you know, we'd like, it, he we taught him like all this new material and stuff like that and i mean the psychic alliance has always been a band that can play for like five hours like we have a lot of material so you know usually when something goes wrong in the band you're like yeah water off a duck's back like we'll play this material and stuff like that so here's this album that we're like it's a guitar heavy album like it all relies on being able to play guitar first note you know and the the, the big you know crashing theme that comes down jump up and hit my guitar no sound comes out it's just like time for you know the first song that's got like nothing but guitar on it and every time i go in to play my guitar i'm just like well shit <laughs> but fortunately i'm one of those really professional prepared musicians who's got a backup guitar like just waiting in the wings like so i go and i switch out to that that guitar breaks on the first note that i go to play and i mean i, I take good care of my instruments like i'm not i go in with like new strings and like i because this band like I mean, I, I've been in a, in a few bands in my time. The Psychic Alliance is a cursed band. You you know in this band, if something can go wrong, it's definitely going to go wrong in this band. So anytime we play a show, like I've gone to shows with four guitars before because I've had three guitars break at shows. That's not unusual. Like things go wrong for this band. I don't know why. I mean, someone did curse us. But like even before that, like things go wrong for this band. This band has the worst luck of any band I've ever been in. Um, are you are you pretty pedal heavy as a guitar player? No, not really. Fuck man, you're just dealing with their guitar to the amp. Just guitar to the amp. Yeah, I mean like I'll, I'll I'll use a pedal or two or something like that. But anyway, so so long story short, my first guitar breaks, my second guitar breaks. So I hand the first guitar to the, to, to someone in the audience, and they're like, I'm gonna fix your guitar. They hand the guitar back to me, still broken. So at this point, it's just like we're like three or four four songs into the set. We've like, you know, we've we've got like a six person like chorus in choir robes we've got these giant like crazy stage props that we made like lights fog like we've been putting all this work trained a drummer for weeks and it's just like at this point i was like uh, like I i'm done man like i was so stressed so i just took my first guitar launched it into the audience with the expectation that okay someone's gonna catch this guitar like the audience parts like the red nope. kabam like uh and the guitar's still broken to this day and i love this guitar such a cool guitar so that happens and then like so my friends got the next guitar and i'm trying to play that it keeps breaking it keeps breaking so i just took it off and i, I murdered it i and it, it's my two favorite guitars that i've ever owned in my life and they, they're both completely destroyed damn yeah were you born in alberta yeah well no no i was born in new brunswick but i mean i've spent most of my life in alberta yeah, I gotta say, man, Berta boys and Saskatchewan boys, uh, they throw down. Yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a thing. It's definitely a thing. I, I noticed there was a bit of um, a, a bit of a sort of gap between like when, like my the bands that I think of in Vancouver that I really like are all like they're fresh faced young guys and they like they went to cap jazz and like they're they're you know really nice harmonies and they're Polar very horse and like fucking yeah well no I like all those north north fan guys like well like Chris B and Jordan Heaney and, and those kind of cats like or it's like yeah like this guy he's like playing like his Steely Dan solo and then like there's like the goons from like Alberta like buffoon like guitar smashing idiots i i'm i'm born in fort mcmurray and and uh lived in calgary for a long time 
Okay, so you, you know what that's about. Yeah, dude, when I moved to Vancouver, I was blown away that no one would mosh and no one would well yeah and, no, I, was thinking and like, I was just like that was that was the show you know that's if you jumped in the pit you'd get thrown well no and I, I you're mean, my you, size if you're my size in alberta we played like and i'm a i'm a big guy like i'm i'm six six four like in alberta like i jump off the stage when we play shows and it's no no concern like no problem, you're yeah. going across the crowd all good like yeah. you know it's 2 a.m like people are sweating like some guy's got blood running out of his face all good. Yeah. Vancouver, I made the mistake, like, and we were playing, I was like, this is a big show, like, all right, like, there's a lot of people here, the crowd's really tight, I, think, I was like, I think this is the time to jump into the crowd, like, it's gonna happen. Drop me, like, a hot fucking potato, it's just like, boom, yeah. down, oh, what did I, like, landed directly on my head on the concrete, um, I think that might have even been at that Fox show, uh, I, I think, yeah, because I remember after that Fox show, I was like, because I, yeah, recently in my Facebook memories or something, a, um, a message came up and I was like, yeah, it wasn't really worth smashing two guitars to like break my vertebrae like on a concrete floor. Because I think I did like towards the end try and like jump into the crowd and then just like went down and just like smashed my head on like the, that concrete floor at the Fox. And like, so I like, got home next day, like, the stage, up. the stage at the Fox is what, six feet up? It's on? tall, no, dude, it's like yeah. four, it's four and a half feet. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely a, a, a menace. But yeah, no, I, I woke up the next day just being like, having played like this like gong show album release, smashed two guitars and was just like, oh, I think I might be like, like I'm an old man now. Like I'm like broke my body, like, you know, like knees, like all mashed up, like neck out of joint, shoulder like wrenched. So yeah, like I, it, it's actually funny. This, this stupid band is like, like, I mean, I, like I played sports and did like dumb you know, teenage shit like all my other friends when I was a kid, and I've got way more injuries from playing, you know, soft cock guitar rock. <laughs> and I imagine the band's kind of got a unique perspective being a Calgary by Vancouver band. What do you think it is about Vancouver that's, for lack of a better term, I guess more soft, more hipster than, say, other parts of Canada? Well, I mean, I think really in, in Vancouver, and I, I, soft isn't even necessarily the word that I use because I mean, I can, I think of Vancouver as like some one of the coolest punk scenes of, of the '80s happening there and stuff like that. And I mean, I worked on downtown east 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 side, you know, for for a number of years when I was in Vancouver, and there's you know there's some pretty crazy stuff going on there. But I think the a big difference in Vancouver is most of the people that are playing there who are sort of serious about music, they, they sort of came there to play music. They didn't, they don't just happen to be playing music there because they, they grew up there, you know? Like, you don't meet a lot of uh, a Vancouver sort of natives who are, who are in the art scene or the music scene. Like, it's a place where people kind of move. And I think when you have that kind of sort of experience where you've, like, you've gone someplace with the idea of kind of like, you're going to make it there or, you know, you're, you're a new, new person in the town, I think you maybe take a little bit less risks and you you sort of you're a little bit more guarded with like well you know if i do this this thing that's kind of crazy like i might get socially ostracized because i mean that's a thing in vancouver like you, you know if, if you're a musician and you say or do the wrong thing like you are you're done in in that town like you, it's it's yeah. really uh i mean there's a there's a sort of circle the wagons mentality in bigger cities that there isn't in smaller cities because in smaller cities like in calgary no, you know, no one's moving to Calgary to prove themselves, right? Like, same with Saskatchewan. Like, that's why you, you look at bands from Saskatchewan and you're like, holy crap, this band is amazing. Because you, there's nothing to do but play music. You have nothing to prove. You know, you don't spend time, like, on your hairdo or, like, your clothes. You're just like, 
everyone's playing in the basement and Calgary's sort of similar to that. So I think when you, when you, when you have a, a city like Vancouver where everyone's going there to maybe like, I don't know, maybe they're proving something or there's just a, it's a little bit less of a risk taking and there's a little bit more of a social barrier, you know, and I think that goes for like moshing or like really letting your freak flag fly in a social outing is like, you don't want to be like the person that gets ostracized. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I remember like the big, the big comment people from Calgary, like friends that, that had moved out to Vancouver would get sort of socially is people would be like, mm, I don't trust that person. They're too nice. You know, like, so there is, there's definitely a guardedness and I don't think it's necessarily that Vancouver's like a wimpy city or anything like that, but there's like a bit more of that sort of mentality of like, you need to like obey these proper protocols to like get to play this venue or to get to, you know, maybe be on this record label or something like that. With the Psychic Alliance, did you folks make an emphasis and put a lot of effort in putting on a show that would be really memorable and would stick out in people's minds? Well, always, always. Our, I mean, our, our aim, you know, sort of how I, how, I, how I view our approach to music, and I mean, pretty much any band that I'm in is if you're going to play a show, if you're going to come out at, at, at all, expect you, you you shouldn't be trying to i mean I, I i think some bands don't even try and compete against themselves let alone other bands in their music scene but you should be competing not just against the people in your city the people in your circle but against the very best bands of all time when you think regardless if you're playing for five people at a house party or five thousand people you should go out with the intent that we're going to be the best band in the world. We're going to be the number one band. We're going to be the fucking Beatles. We're going to be the Rolling Stones. We're going to be Oasis. Like, there's no reason not to. So, you know, I think when we put on a show, it was always like, kill or be killed. Like, you know, and that's something that I have sort of as a mark of pride with the Alliance is we never shit the bed, to, you know, so to speak, on a, on, a, on a show. Like, if we went out, you know, if we sucked, we went down in flames. And if we were good, we blew other bands off the stage and that's not you know I, I don't think it's necessarily that we're a better band or a more creative band or a more practice band although we certainly are a very hard working hard practice band but i think it was just like that that was sort of the ethos from the beginning that that there's just like you know i i i have a lot of respect for people that will spend five dollars to go and see a band because why would you you know why would you do that there's you could see any band so when people come to see our band like i want to do the most that we can in return for them, for them, you know, paying attention to us. I want to have a meaningful time, you know, and I want them to get to feel like, well, I spent $5 and I got more than $5 worth of entertainment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I can speak to my own experience. Like, as I said, I only had an opportunity to see you once and that's one of the most memorable and awesome shows I've ever had the chance to see in right. Vancouver. Well, yeah. I mean, that was sort of, um, I think that would be kind of typical of the the Alliance experience live. Like we we did shows on that magnitude, whether we were playing in our house or whether we were playing, you know, at a bar the size of, size of the Fox. And we always tried to make it so that no one ever felt, you know, if if they went, we never we've in the in the ten years we've been a band, we've never played the same set list twice in a row or twice period. Whoa! Like, wow. Yeah, it, it, I like that. We just refuse to do that because it's. I mean, it's boring for us as musicians, but it's also. I want if someone comes and sees us Friday, and then we play another show on Saturday. I want them to be like, "Wow, I got a totally different show that day." So, we, um, you know, we had 
I, I guess sort of around the time that you would have seen us play, just just prior to our, our that drummer at the time, who is now our drummer again, but he left the band for a little while. We had, uh, I, I think, uh, would, would would throw a house party and play for five hours pretty much straight. Um, you know, I think we I think we had about 50, 60 songs in our repertoire at that point. You know, holy shit! Yeah. Whoa. Well, that is something I noticed, kind of as per what you said about being the brokest band in Vancouver, quote unquote, the house shows to raise money to finish the album on a yeah. few occasions. Yeah. Well, actually the, the, the best we ever got paid as a band in our lives was, uh, our guitar player got really good at brewing beer and the whole band lived in the, in, in the same house for a little while, uh, or at least various members would sort of come and go. So he got, he got into brewing beer and wound up brewing, brewing like seven different batches of like crazy good beer. So we spent all our time like bottling it up, putting little labels on, like we made a bar in our basement, set up a concert hall in the, in, in the downstairs rec room. I think we made like $800 that night, like literally paid for our whole album, just like playing all night. And it's like the house was packed with people. All it, it, I'd, I'd say, actually you know o- over the time like i mean we played some really nice gigs at like some really big places and you know to like some cool crowds and festivals and stuff like that but uh always our favorite shows were probably just playing in our basement where we could kind of control every aspect of it and like give people 100 percent, you know just like the, the, that kind of transformative show where you feel like you're part of this sort of secret little thing you know like you, you know you're like i'm here at this house like i don't know anyone here but like weird stuff is going on and like the band's playing for hours in the basement and like there's crazy people everywhere like there's weird decorations like there's a bar set up so that was always kind of our aim was to do something that made people feel like they were part of something kind of special and yeah and i I think that's always been like when we've been at our best and when we've been having the most fun has been in those sort of like most intimate kind of experiences hell yeah uh, house shows are always my favorite shows to go to. Yeah. We had some really, really fun ones. Uh, quite. A, I mean, we were playing usually about once a month at our house uh, for years, I think. I think it's just one of those cases where I hadn't heard of you guys yeah. until I, – I actually hadn't heard of you folks until the Evil Against Evil album, which, by the way, is probably my favorite of the albums that you've released. I think it's one of the certainly one of the stronger albums that you released – yeah, uh, I I want to like that album as much as other people tend to like that album, but my I'm so tra- traumatized and emotionally scarred from the making it that every time I listen to it, I'm just like, like so hellish. But yeah, I know I do recognize that. I think that was like a bit of a creative high point uh, for us for sure, and it was yeah, it was kind of uh, for a little while we were like, we were just like let's make let's make kind of goth rock. For this record well i i think that's our sort of other policies we don't like to make the same album so every album that we go in and make we're like we're gonna make like let's make this kind of an album or like let's make that kind of an album and that usually kind of informs like sort of the feel of it just just because we want kind of things to stick out in our mind about the time that we made the album so we usually you know around evil versus evil like i got really into like weird occult like stuff and like was you know thinking about that a lot and like the album was actually recorded on halloween and you know crazy shit like that that's awesome. And I did have a question. Surprisingly, I couldn't think of that much to ask you in regards to Flux Capacitor besides, you know, it's a solid record. Love the album cover. I was very intrigued by the album that you had put out between Flux Capacitor and I believe it would be Evil Against Evil. Yeah. 
the Christmas album. Oh yes. There's no denying it's Christmas. There's no denying it's Christmas. The the uh, in in my opinion maybe our best record. Uh, uh, certainly our most uh, popular and uh, and the record that has made us more money than all of our other records combined. Every Christmas that's like the solid paycheck record. What possessed you folks to write and put out that release? I do have to ask cuz I know like the humor is pervasive uh Rock and Roll Santa is I was laughing my ass off the first time I heard it, <laughs> especially with all the guitar breaks. Yeah, I'm gonna show it to Mark uh, after we're done recording this, but it's just it's it's great. Well, I mean, it's uh, we're all big Christmas <laughs> big Christmas people in the band, which is funny considering what a dysfunctional, weird sort of edgy band uh, people we are. But yeah, we're just literally all big Christmas people, and I was like, yeah, like let's make a Christmas album. Like you're not a real band until you you make a Christmas album. And the funny so the funny thing uh, about the Christmas record, which is my favorite Psychic Alliance record, like, bar none. Like, I listen to that record every year. I regularly enjoy it. I love everything about that record. I have nothing to do with that record. I was out of town, and I was like, we... It, it was kind of like, I don't know if the band was just like, let's let's really piss, you know, like, Sean Lee off, or like... Because they know that... Like, I'm the biggest Christmas guy in the band. Like, I'm a, like, I'm a Martha Stewart kind of Christmas person. Like, I'm, I'm a weird person mo about like a lot of stuff but like at christmas time i'm like baking cookies like apron like decorating the tree like corny as shit and I, i'm obsessed with christmas music like i like i have a repertoire of like hundreds of christmas songs and i think the band was just like oh this will this will like kind of piss him off so they made this album without me and i came back and i was like oh this is amazing uh and i've since then like they they we i think they did an update of it like and wrote a couple of new songs for it but i that's the one album that i'm not allowed to have anything to do with and i'm which i'm cool with like because then it's like a psychic alliance for album for me so that is the one psychic alliance record that is all written by the band uh you know sans me i love that they just go and do their own thing they go and do their own thing which i That's think yeah so, cool. I think it's, so it's, it was a real heartwarming thing for me because like i like that the band like hung out and had this like super fun time without me and like it was produced by like ben, uh, like the guy that produced it ben was our drummer when we just before we left vancouver and then in vancouver literally like wasn't in the band but is only in the band for the christmas album so he was a guy that was like, you just join, rejoined the band to make a Christmas album with the band. And yeah, so there's like a lot of like really f sort of funny stuff going on there. And yeah, I, I always kind of consider that as like my Christmas present from the band because it's like I don't have to like get all up in my head about like how anything sounds or like this or that. I can just have a Psychic Alliance album and thoroughly enjoy it without worrying or being self-conscious. So it's really, really nice to have a record that I can like enjoy as a fan. And I love the fact that you love it as much as you do genuinely and i can tell that considering how much of an anti-christmas album it is like yeah. how willfully obnoxious it is at points <laughs> which is which is funny because literally like our band like we we're a band that i mean we're a band that hangs out like we're we hang out regularly like we're all friends like we're not weird or anything like that and we get together on christmas and like we drink eggnog and we sing christmas carols like we do cheat like all that cheesy shit like uh, which is yeah it's really funny but yeah it is a I mean, that's just sort of within our, like, wheelhouse. Like, I feel like we're almost impossible. Like, it's impossible for us to not be ironic and self-deprecating just because of, like, every single person in the band is acerbic and weird. There, And that's been, the like, the one thing, like, which is kind of funny considering how many people have come in and out of the band, but, like, it's been 100% weird, 
acerbic people who have really fucked senses of humor and are like incredibly ironic and like laconic. That's something I noticed while I was doing research for our interview was just going through your Facebook and the consistently sarcastic tone of every Facebook post. Was that something that you helmed or was that hat traded off to no, a few no, different that, people? That's like, well, Kyle Cheadle, our bass player, if you, if you ever read a, a, a Facebook post or a tweet from us, that's like more hilarious than hilarious. That's Kyle Cheadle. He's like just maybe the most funniest avant-gardist, like weirdest, overly intellectual. Like I, I'll bet, if I had to guess, his his IQ's got to be like 160. He's crazy, but he's he. So him and I are. He's kind of like my like I guess comedic foil in the band. I'm sort of like, but yeah, I guess we're about 50 50 in like that. And then Mark uh, is the guy that sort of uh, does a lot of our video stuff. Um, so he's got his own kind of weird sense of humor. And then Danny, our keyboard player, is just this very. Um, sassy kind of sarcastic gal who's like <laughs> like not afraid to be like well fuck this or like i hate this person or like fuck this shit yeah so it's it everyone kind of there's there's not really anyone sort of lagging behind in the band like the band is sort of full of people who are kind of like clever and funny and put their own sort of fingerprint on everything we do and i certainly noticed that just throughout the music in terms of obviously with the presentation, the way you folks market yourselves on social media, for lack of a better word, but also just in terms of the kind of fun loving tone of the, of the songs, even when it gets into the gothier stuff on evil against evil, it felt like B movie horror. Yeah. Film sort of stuff in a way. Well, I think we're all, I'm, I, I'd say the, the, the one, you know, some of the kind of uh, commonalities between the, the people in the group who all have pretty different tastes in music, but we all kind of love um, the more ridiculous kind of side of like, you know, like the, like bands like the who or the kinks or even like the Beatles, sort of that kind of very dry British humor. That's also, you, you know, I'd almost say sort of as a, uh, a self-defense mechanism to hide sort of a, a real genuine earnestness behind what we're doing. Cause we know we're not, like we're not one of those self-conscious hip bands in, in in any way, sense, or form. Like that's never our thing. We know that we're kind of an outcast, nerdy group of people who are socially awkward, and that's kind of our way of sort of coating the very earnest feelings that we have about rock and roll in a in a way to kind of like keep people from you know be, being able to sort of hurt us. Uh, yeah, it's just sort of coding everything in this sort of sarcastic kind of self-deprecating idiom. And it's interesting that you say that because with your latest record, Alter English, which dropped earlier this month as of this time of recording, you describe this album as the pinnacle of your songcraft and studio performance. What was it about this record that was particularly special? Um, well, we knew going into it that it was potentially our last record that we'd ever get to make live in a studio together like i mean we we do want to continue to play and record but that's you know obviously i live in a different city than a lot of the members of the band right now so we're not entirely sure what the future holds so i think there was a lot more sort of just of a feel of a feeling of like this is like 
the line right here like we we kind of this is our last sort of chance this is our last dance and a lot of the songs that we recorded on this album were ones that we had kind of held in reserve you know sometimes for a very long time like i think maybe the first or second song we ever wrote and the third song we ever wrote are on this record so there's a lot of stuff in there that we've been playing for years and that various members of the band had you know sort of deep personal attachments to and then it was also the 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 album that we recorded that like we really didn't have the kind of money in our pockets to be self-indulgent with we didn't get to do overdubs on this record we didn't get to really like you know like we didn't bring in a string section like we didn't do a lot of the polishing stuff so we knew going into it that we wouldn't be able to afford that level of sort of professional sheen that a lot of bands get to put on their records so we basically had to practice for hours and hours and hours on the on the uh, the regular to kind of be able to play that you know we, we got three takes per song and if we didn't get it in three takes that was that like we just didn't get to record so a lot was on the line with that record and it's definitely i think probably the tightest the band has ever played it's the most practiced we've ever been uh and it's the least kind of like mucking about in the studio that we've ever done and you know we, we went into it sort of I, I i said to felix i was like felix i know that you're a guy that that really wants bands to play live in the studio and you know he's a he's a guy whose whole sort of aesthetic very much revolves around like 1965 like bands going in and just being like very tight and well rehearsed and making uh, a record without doing a lot of studio trickery so this is an album that we could sit down and play live note for note you know there's there'll be nothing missing if we ever play this live which i think is is a rare and special thing these days it is and also it was like uh 40 degrees in the studio when we recorded it so every song is maybe about 20 bpm faster than it usually would be because we're we're so disgustingly hot and miserable <laughs> so yeah there's yeah. like songs on there that were like originally like slow funky kind of soul ballads that are now like up-tempo punk songs <laughs> we, gotta, we gotta get out of we gotta get out of the studio like we're gonna die yeah i interned at uh rain city records with jesse gander and Stu mckillop and uh bison bc did their whole 10 song album in two days yeah the whole thing was oh, tracked shit. in one day and then they did overdubs for one day and mixed for four yeah well this That's... was this was friday recording saturday um uh, recording the vocals and then Sunday yeah. we mixed it and that was yeah that. yeah record so was that's done. nuts that's three nuts. yeah three 16 hour days and it, yeah it was it was crazy um yeah <laughs> God bless those freaking producers that do those well Felix days, Felix is a rare guy and I I think Felix and I the reason we've worked on so many albums together is he's an insomniac like me like and he's like a dog with a bone like I am like when we like the whole band basically like fucked off like in like hour six of mixing and then me and felix were like well shit we're in it and i think we finished mixing at like 5 a.m and then like we like packed up the studio just like having hallucinations from three 16 hour days in a row in a row but like that's what i like about felix is i was like you're 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 not some baby that's gonna like go and like need to lay his head on his pillow like you're gonna chase down your job um and were you working in Felix space or did Felix come to you guys? No, we work in Felix's space. He's got like, I, I'm a big, the, the one thing, and this is my highest praise that I can give Felix funk is, uh, his, um, 
his studio is always next to like the greasiest burger joint imaginable. Like whether it's his studio in East Hastings or his new one in, in New Westminster, you're like there, you're smoking cigarettes in the studio, you're eating like greasy burgers, drinking beers, and it's just like one of those kind of you know experiences where you're like, well, like this is all the things that I like about rock and roll, like grease, burger, you know, stink, like cigarettes, alcohol, like that. It's that kind of like. Not that that's necessarily the be-all and end-all of rock and roll, but there's like a gritty sort of atmosphere in everything that he does that I think sort of is, is very much in agreement with our aesthetic sort of tastes. Yeah, I find uh, with Felix, he's he's really good with tight bands that play live, like the Pretties and like you guys. And yeah. Like bands that can uh, kind of do almost everything on the floor. And then uh, a couple of punches in, in here and there. He's like to me, Felix is old school record producer. Very like, old he's, school. And, like he's uh, kind of the guy who'll who'll like fucking get mad at you, you know? Oh, does you he know, get if that? You, if you don't do it right, he, he's mad. No, if he has he, to if he has to do more than six takes of something, he is a real uh, real fucking handful. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that. No, there's definitely there's the Felix like uh, it's like it's his distinct maneuver where he's like. He's recording and he's sitting there talking to you on the mic and he's like, he hits the button. He's like, well, that fucking sucked. Do it again. <laughs> you know, you're just like sitting there trying to record something. You're just like getting more and more nervous and Felix is getting more and more pissed. But it's kind of like, um, it's that, it's that sort of pressure situation that can really bring out the best in a band. Like if you don't crack, which I mean, admittedly we have, we have cracked under Felix's like whip before, like. Like I, I think he, I think he might have made our uh, keyboard player cry when we were recording like Evil Against Evil because he was just not, he was not having one harmony like, and I think we, it took us two days to record like four seconds of music because Felix was not satisfied. So he's like, I mean, he, I don't think Felix would argue that he's a bit of a bastard in some senses, but he's my kind of bastard, you know. Like he's he's a hard ass. I, I like a hard. Ass. I mean, I and and you know, I'm I'm a hard ass too. Like I can understand that. Like when it comes to music, like. You kind of sometimes, you know, you, you want to be like a soft and sensitive person because that's that's very like creative and nurturing. But there's also like room for hard assery in rock and roll, and like a lot of really great albums get made because someone, like say Phil Spector, was an absolute psycho and was like, "You're gonna do 150 takes of this until it's fucking perfect." Yeah, Billy Corgan's my Corgan, go-to yeah, example, that's, that's where he's just like. You can't play bass on this? Fine. I'll fucking play bass on this album. Yeah. Well, I was, I, yeah, I was actually thinking about that the other day because we're recording like a new Psychic Alliance kind of EP slash I'm in a I'm in another band called The Great Speckled Fritillary that sort of shares a lot of members and is kind of an alter ego to the Psychic Alliance. But So we're recording that right now. And Renee, who like my girlfriend who I live with, who's in the Speckled Fritillary and is also kind of like one of the, the, the person that does all the stagecraft for the Psychic Alliance – she was recording a keyboard part and I made her cry and I feel terrible about it. But I was just like, you know, we got into this whole, like, well, you got to push through like your uncomfortability and like, you got to get to like the other level. And like, you got to like not even be thinking about the music. Cause you're like, you're so fucking miserable. And you're like past the point of like no return. Like you're just gonna, I was like thinking about it. I was like, yeah, you know, it's like the stupid two chord fucking shitty song recorded on my, my PC, my PC that we're like dicking around on. I'm like, totally going to hardcore on my girlfriend like a fucking like you know this studio nazi jerk and i was like well shit you know like maybe maybe i should chill out just just take it down a little notch here yeah totally. <laughs> yeah, totally. yeah take notes mark yeah, yeah. i yeah. i'm recording with my girlfriend 
And uh, so, uh, yeah, no hard ass. <laughs> like, yeah, no, I, mean, was, I definitely, I realized it's sort of like when we were recording, um, you know, and, and like I think I'm like a pretty easygoing guy in a lot of respects too. But yeah, when we were recording Reptile World, like just working on like, like our, our keyboard player, Danny, she's like a phenomenal keyboard player and she like does her homework and like, you know, she, she shows up to practice. She's got this like box of like very detailed, perfectly like ordered notes. She's in like admin, you know, that's, that's like her, her thing. But then like, she's like a classically trained pianist. So when you're like, okay, Danny, now we're going to improvise on this. She's like, you know, classical people, they're like, Oh, like, I don't know. So yeah, we just, we put her through the ringer in the studio, man. Like, like I remember she came in and she had this piece, like just like dialed in and practiced. And then she was playing it. And I was like, Danny, it's not working. Like we're gonna have to work on this. And she's just like, you could see her kind of like wilt and be like, Oh fuck. And then like, <laughs> just like cracking the whip and being like, Danny, you know, like one more take, one more take, one more take, one more take. Like, yeah. But it's like, and then she dialed it in like so amazingly and played, you know, in, in my opinion, one of the, maybe one of the classic keyboard solos of all time on this like beautiful transistor organ that we had. But yeah, so our, our band is a bit of a blood pressure thing for sure. Like we, we, we like to kind of push ourselves and, and be a little nuts. What excites you most about this uh, latest record in that regard? Um, I just think it's like, it's unique. It doesn't sound like a lot of other records that are coming out right now. Uh, it doesn't sound like a lot of records, period. Uh, I think lyrically, there's stuff going on there that's very esoteric, very dense. Like, I mean, I, I could sit down and, and, and write an explanation of, of some of the stuff going on there thematically and lyrically, and it would be, you know, 30, 40 pages. Like, the, this, this record has grown organically over literally 10 years you know there's there's some really old songs on here that have been played hundreds of times by very different band members um you, you know right around the time the bulk of the record was getting completed and written both my parents sort of died in rapid succession i traveled to england and lived there for like six months and sort of absorbed a lot of the culture there like the band went through you know crazy changes like so th this record's got, I, 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 you know, for lack of a better term, a bit of gravitas to it. Like there's a great amount of sort of emotional investment in this album. Uh, and I think, you know, quite honestly, I don't think a lot of people are really going to get it until it grows on them for a number of years. There's, it's, it's, a, it's a dense record. Like there's a lot of stuff to sort of unpack there. Uh, and I think that's, you know, sort of one of the things that's really unique about it. But I mean, that, that's, I think that's kind of a thing that's sort of unique about the Psychic Alliance in general is that until you kind of like actually start digging and diving into it, you don't really get all the stuff that's going on there. Like there's a lot of thematic links from, you know, lyrics that cross from album to album. There's a very sort of overarching story that you can pick up that's told across all the albums throughout the band. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that we don't like stating themes explicitly we don't like being really obvious we're a very subtle band in a lot of ways despite the fact that we are kind of overblown and ridiculous and cartoonish in a lot of ways there's a lot of sort of really weird deep esoteric and metaphysical themes within our work that we don't sort of wear on our sleeve that we expect our audience to kind of like do the work behind and i think if you do sort of put in the time to like look back across our entire sort of output you'll see that there is a much bigger story there which begs the question because you had mentioned that you are working on a new ep with the band 
where does the Psychic Alliance go from here? I would hope that the band will be able to play in Vancouver again in some capacity in the near future well, once, we were... of course, quarantine and pandemic and all that we had a gig, nonsense we, is cleared. We had a gig booked at the uh, the Red Gate on um, May or April April 26th. We were of course. To be, yeah, we were supposed to be there. We were supposed Fuck. to be playing. Yeah, like. Is, how is Redgate doing nowadays? I think. Well. <laughs> uh, how is anything doing nowadays? Yeah. But yeah, we were gonna yeah. play with uh, we were gonna play with Pierce Kingen and his you know Love him. Uh, band. Yeah, with yeah. with young. Sean, young, you're killing me. Yeah. As, as as your backup guy, Young Heezy is is the guy in your band. Like, how, uh, Jordan Heaney's a real man of mystery to me. Like, I don't how that guy manages to be like. You know, he's like, oh, yeah, I made this song for my girlfriend, and it got 16 million plays. Like, what is he like? Like, I don't know if he sold the soul to the devil or, like, if he's, like, a wizard or, like, what's going on? Yeah. Oh, There's a lot buddy. of devil imagery in his in his art, so well, that's a possibility. I mean, he's, he's one of the most talented dudes I've ever met, and just, like, he's not a dick about it. Just, like, a chill guy. Like, yeah. you oh, yeah. know, like, and... I like, remember seeing him at shows knows how to network you know we had an inter- interview with him and i was oh he definitely knows what he's doing. I was, like, I was, the kid knows what he's well, doing and and his like when you look at his humor sort of like the like i mean he's like if he made shit music i would still watch his videos because they're so freaking funny and uh, he's like he's got that uh, like exennial sort of zeitgeist absolutely captured like he's so dialed into like the memification of things and like yeah he's really got his finger on the pulse no he's a, a, a tremendously inspirational figure and whenever people are like you know what's what's like the best thing going on in vancouver like, like my friends in calgary asking like well you know like there's this guy jordan heaney and then like obviously pierce king and too like and i i just like that they're all they're all sort of this circle of love pierce like king. really young guys who are into like dad rock like you know like they all like they're all making music that sounds kind of like steely dan well like winona forever is another kind of band that sort of rolls in that circuit and is also kind of like you guys are like 19 years old, but you're playing like the type of music that like 50 year old dudes were like really into, which is like, and then like also like 16 year old people are losing their mind over this like slick, jazzy kind of like pop, which is hilarious to me. Like, I, I think it's amazing. It's like the yacht rock renaissance. Yeah. No, uh, you, I mean, you can really tell that those guys have sat in their bedrooms nerding out and playing their asses off uh for a lot of time so yeah those were always and i I mean those are mostly all like north van kind of like they're out of town kind of kids which was the one thing that i sort of noticed in vancouver is a lot of times when i would see a band that would just really knock me out of my socks they'd be from abbotsford or north vancouver or you know like rarely rarely from actually vancouver like nine times out of ten when i see sort of a vancouver band which i I don't know if anyone actually lives in vancouver that that was born there but like a lot of times you'd see like people be like Vancouver band, you'd be like, man, this band sucks. And then like you'd see some band from like Sticks, like, you know, like some Abbotsford band or you know, like from Coquitlam, and you'd be like, Wow, these guys from Coquitlam are crazy. Blessed would be my example of an Abbotsford band that's just they're doing something that's really out there and I've never heard it before and there must be something. Well, yeah, I mean, I, def- I definitely think so, which is why, like, I mean, my my favorite sort of mid Midwest Canadian band right now is a is a guy by the name of Johnny Two Fingers, and you, you see them play, and it, it's like ACDC's come to town. It's just like this insane, dialed in, mad, sweaty show, and it's just like, well, you're from the sticks, so you just like you don't have a lot of 
reason to front. You're just like playing your ass off all the time, so you're like an incredible band. Well, and that was the band. Correct me if I'm wrong. That essentially brought the Psychic Alliance. Out um, of you're right. Yeah, that was the the first time we played after I came back from England. Was with uh, was with Johnny's band at the uh, the Wise the Wise Lounge, my favorite bar in Vancouver. Which yeah, man. We'll hopefully survive. Uh, it's, all it's, this uh, it's it's kind of killing me, and we're seeing the same thing in Calgary. We're seeing like venues are just shutting left and right. And I mean, Jesus, like Vancouver was always already brutal on venues. You know, like with like what's that Ch- Chip Wilson like shutting down all the like venues because he had his like little mural kind of like project or something like that. So they were shutting down actual venues to do like the Vancouver Art Walk or something like that. Yeah, it's. Uh, man, Vancouver's like become like this like weird. It's weird. It's like a town that's owned by millionaires. Like I don't know how there's that many millionaires in Vancouver, but it seems like there's a lot. Like they all just congregate in one place. I don't know where these people are coming from. They're rich as hell, and they they hate poor people. You know <laughs> that it's you know any anything that makes people scared of their own mortality tends to make them be more human people, more loving people, more caring people. I really want to hope that that's going to happen here. I mean, there is a tendency when people are traumatized for them to shrink within themselves. I I really hope that that's not the case here. And I can definitely say, I don't know about Vancouver, but in Calgary specifically, I know so many people who are working on so much cool stuff in this time, who are discovering sort of hidden resources within themselves, who are discovering sort of hidden talents, that they never thought imaginable before when they were just sort of work-a-day kind of drones. I think for the average working person, this has been an occasion for them to rediscover a level of dignity that they hadn't felt for a very long time. And I hope that that's something that people sort of remember and cling to in the the days to come in the future because you you know like this is this is truly when humanity is is under threat is when it tends to show its brightest and best colors. Um, and yeah, I, I just hope that we can sort of remember and cling to the lessons that we learn in this time. For sure. And I agree that if you look at even recent human history, more often than not, the best elements of the human yeah. character and the human condition I mean, have I'm, shown I'm, I'm one of those optimistic idiots who believe that the human race is essentially want, good and wants to do good. And it's just like circumstance gets in our way. And a few bad apples spoil the bunch. Yeah, I I also uh, I also agree with that. I can and I'll while I admit I have to check myself when it comes to cynicism because cynicism is easy. I look at what's going on right now and what the next few months might entail for Vancouver, and there's part of me that's going. Well, if international touring acts can't come to Vancouver, but people are able to go to bars and check out shows, well, gee, maybe there might be. Oh boy, we had like the other day. So, so Psychic Alliance was supposed to play here on May second for album release, which obviously tanked. Uh, So instead, I was like, like I had, and I had this really nice music festival plan. We had, you know, like a venue booked, like all this crazy stuff. All these cool bands were going to play, and that just went belly up so we had uh, a festival online over zoom and like everyone sounded like shit like the technology was crapping out left and right but it was like fun and you could tell like the the people that came out to to see their friends play on their usb mics and whatever were just like thankful as hell to have 
something different to do and it wound up being one of my favorite gigs i've ever played just this you know shoddy sort of online thing but it was like people just laughing and having fun and kind of like getting back to that sort of you know when you're when you're first kind of going to shows and everything's sort of like shoddy and and kind of new and and awkward it was really cool man and like the bands like well not that any bands got to play but like the members of the bands that did represented their bands turned in some really cool uh performances and the audience like interacted with them in really crazy ways and there was a lot of just like surprising new things that happened and awkward and uncomfortable and funny things that you never would have seen had this not happened and i was like well you know it's not necessarily what i want to do musically for the rest of my life but i was sort of you know very touched and very inspired that after all these years of sort of playing music live that something had had given me occasion to have a completely new and novel experience yeah definitely and I'm just being conscious of time because oh, we do fair have enough. Yeah, another them guest at the door <laughs> lined up. <laughs> no, no, no. It's uh, it's another um, another artist that we have a uh, similar sort of thing. We're we're doing um, we're doing yeah. it over uh, this is, Messenger no, this or Zoom is the new or whatever model, right? video platform we choose. I guess kind of looping back a little bit, uh, where. Would there be plans in the future to oh, absolutely. potentially yeah, no, I, start I don't, playing shows uh, again in Vancouver? I mean, when I, when I moved to Calgary, it was sort of, you know, it, it was a necessary step just because, I mean, this I have bands that I had put on hiatus for eight years in this town that I that I've been neglecting while sort of working in Vancouver with the Psychic Alliance. Um, like I said, we're already working on new music. Like I've got a brand new album, you know, sort of. 40% written. Um, my other band that is mostly based in Vancouver, the Great Speckled Fertilary, has a double album recorded that's going to come out in the next couple of months. So there's tons of reason for me to, to come back and continue doing my thing. I don't intend to ever put the Psychic Alliance to bed. This is a band that will last as long as I live, if not beyond. Uh, I've, we've even talked about franchising the band like to other cities and stuff like that. Like uh, this, this is a band, we truly believe in the tenets of populism. Uh, and I think this is a band that plays for and is of the people. And uh, it would be a, a great point of shame to me if there was ever not a Psychic Alliance. This band will always be. That's really good to hear because I'll admit I had seen kind of conflicting information uh, with some of the well, social we lie media about stuff, everything. but we never tell that the was truth just me not picking up on the humor. <laughs> if, you, if you look at the article Discorder did on us, there's well, there two people go. in the photos that aren't even in the band. <laughs> ah, love that. Actually, now that I think about it, that's totally... <laughs> I should have picked up on that. I guess um, one question that, and I like to ask this of, of every guest that we've had on the show, because everyone has their own circles of bands that they bands that they love and admire. That by and large, you know, uh, some of which I've heard, some of which I've never heard of. Are there any local bands From or Vancouver? artists you'd recommend we bring on the show for a future episode? Yeah, Vancouver, a- BC, or. No. We're kind of we're let looking me, at let, expanding let me, let me our, our, two bands. our reach well, a little bit. So one one is interestingly enough, um, the the offspring of our drummer Matt, um, a person by the name of Kylie V, who maybe you've seen. They're they're a uh, 
They just got signed to Kingfisher Blues. Uh, they wrote an, an entire album, self-penned an entire album at the age of 15. One of the craziest, most mature songwriters that you'll ever hear who is 15 years old. Um, just goes to every show that ever happens, like completely uh, loved by everyone sort of in the Vancouver music scene and, and, and sort of very much raised up through the sort of local Vancouver music scene by by sort of older musicians who saw them at, at you know, coming to multiple shows and, and, and wanted to give them a hand. Um, they just put together a live band a couple of months ago called The Kings. They, I think last year, they had to have played at least 50 shows. One of the craziest, most talented songwriters in Vancouver. And I think, um, you know, in the next year or so, you're going to see this person become very well-known um so kylie v definitely someone to watch out for um just an absolutely phenomenal talent um with a, an album coming out i think very soon on kingfisher blues and then in uh in calgary right now um there's a band that i'm absolutely enamored with called hair control um which is a, a side project of a friend of mine called ryan Bourne, who in my opinion in in 2010 dropped probably one of the greatest Canadian records ever made that you've never heard. Um, he is a ba he plays bass for Chad Van Galen's touring band. He is absolutely one of the most insane, Damn. talented, sort of Brian Wilson level talents that has managed to very comfortably slip under the radar for a number of years. He's about to release his follow up to his solo album, and I think it's probably going to be one of the uh, best records ever recorded in Canada. So, Ryan Bourne. And you said that was Ryan Bourne. Now, is yeah, that spelled -E, like, like Jason um, Bourne? Just or? A, a criminally uh, underappreciated Canadian talent. One of the best songwriters I've ever heard. And his album, Super Modern World of Beauty, is a timeless masterpiece. On par with, I'd say, you know, when I listen to it, it sounds to me like sort of classic Sloan records or, or stuff from that era. It's insane. It's when you if you if you Shit. sit down and listen to this album, you'll be like, Whoa. "How the fuck is this not like huge?" It's 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 bizarre to me that it's not like currently you know on top ten lists for critical darlings. So I've got a suggestion to you then, uh, Vancouver band. I hope you've heard of them. Uh, they're a band called Morning Show. They only have one no. one album uh, out so so far. It's called. Um, like it's they only have one record so it's easy to find on spotify but morning show they're a band that's so good i remember i've only seen them once much like you guys and i remember i was i was put a few beers deep and i was a little embarrassed about it but i i was at i cornered them at their merch booth after they'd played their set and i was totally geeking out on them and i was just like why are you guys not huge i just don't understand you should come on my show because you guys are so amazing but they're yeah. they're incredible. I'm talking like the war on drugs, just no this just this cinematic panoramic, just big emotion. I don't know. It's it. It's kind of uh, hard. I, mean, I, I know a few. I know a few bands from Vancouver who I'm like, how are you? Like Spring would be another band where it's like, how the fuck are you like not like the kings of the world? Same with like Rebel Spell, who has a member of Spring in it, and yeah, like stuff like yeah. No, it's crazy the the level of talent gets passed by mm -hmm. yeah. and that's 
pretty much the reason why this show exists. So, uh, for which I, I heartily thank you guys. Yeah, man. Uh, again, like as I said, I, I sincerely mean it. I love you guys. I hope to see you guys again, hopefully sooner rather than later, because obviously we got to work through all this, all well, this yeah, shit right now. So you would have had the opportunity, but uh, I definitely intend to bring the band back and try and play a show sometime soon. Yeah, it, it absolutely breaks my heart that we didn't get to release this album live. Uh, you know, it breaks my heart that we didn't get to put it out in a physical format because we weren't able to, you know, tour it and sell it. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I, I, I desperately want to come back to Vancouver and play again. And kind of on that, how can listeners check out your music and keep up with everything you guys are up to? I mean, if you type in the Psychic Alliance to Google, you'll find us. <laughs> we're not, you know, we're on Spotify, Deezer, Tidal, blah, 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 all that. Exactly. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. easy to find. So it's it's out there. And then, I mean, if you if you look up me, Sean Lee, on Facebook and are like, hey, I want to buy one of your actual records, I'll mail it to you for, you know, like $10 or something like that. <laughs> I, I'm going to hit you up about that because I love to own a couple of your records do, on vinyl. I'll, I'll, send you a, I'll send you a copy of Evil Against Evil since, since you like I've got about three 300 of them sitting in my closet right well, now. Well, hey, man, so. name your price. I'm happy to throw you some money for that because... Well, shit, you can, you can have it for free. You're doing me a favor getting it out of my closet, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll connect about that, but Sean, sure. thank you so much. Definitely would love to have you back on the, on the show again, and I hope I get to see you live in person hopefully before next year yeah let's all let's all hope that we get to see live music before next yes. year <laughs> i really really freaking miss it <laughs> really nice talking to you you too thanks sean yeah take care guys stay safe you too i'm hanging up now bye-bye thanks for listening i'm your host james olson pacific sound radio is produced by mark Lingelbach. You can check us out on Facebook at Pacific Sound Radio, Instagram at Pacific Sound Radio, Twitter at Pacific S Radio, YouTube at Pacific Sound Radio. Our website is www.pacificsoundradio.com. And you can also check us out wherever you stream your podcasts. If you know a local band or artist that you think should appear as guests on our show, let us know. Fill up the form on our website or send us an email to talkpsr at gmail.com.